And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. It's a wonderful Tuesday. <laughs> Something about the weather, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's cooling me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much for comfort, though. <laughs> All right. But it is a kind of a tricky day with extreme weather fluctuations. We advise our listeners to layer up. All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners. This is our first pick of the day. Commemorative speech. So President Yoon has given a commemorative speech at a ceremony marking 50 years of construction cooperation between South Korea and Saudi Arabia. What did he have to say? Yeah, so Yoon said the efforts of Korean companies and workers are incorporated into the 1900 projects, he said, that was spread across Saudi Arabia. And he added that the two countries must open a new future in their infrastructure and economic cooperation in line with technological changes and the demands of the times, he said. And he also added that uh, the two countries will be able to present a new model for future cities if they combine South Korea's capabilities to build cutting-edge cities with the uh, Neom Smart City Project. This very ambitious, large-scale, very futuristic-looking mm. uh, city project uh, that is being pursued by Saudi Arabia. Um, and fittingly, Monday ceremony was held at a Neom exhibition center in Riyadh, and it did mark 50 years or the 50th anniversary of South Korea's uh, first construction deal in Saudi Arabia, actually. So, um, uh, economic deals between South Korea and Sa uh, South Korea and Saudi Arabia have been making a lot of headlines recently. But the deals between uh, the two countries do go back 50 years when it comes to construction. And of course, Korea is well known to be involved in Middle Eastern construction, not just in uh, Saudi Arabia, but they've built helped build bridges in uh, places like the UAE, as well as uh, uh, Dubai as well. I think they'd uh, had a stake in some hotels and luxury uh, facilities there as well. Um, now, actually, interestingly, the first uh, Korean company to win a contract for uh, a highway project in Saudi Arabia was actually Samar Construction uh, back in 1973. So, uh, so a little bit of a fun fact for you who didn't know, uh, if you didn't know uh, the history behind uh, the construction or Korean construction uh, in Saudi Arabia. Now, Neo City, though, looking onto future projects, it is a, me a mega project that is led by Saudi Arabia worth $500 billion, uh, in which Korean companies are participating in bidding for projects valued at 25 billion won. But there's been some questions, uh, especially online, of whether this actual city will be realized. But uh, it is a mega project, an ambitious one for uh, the near and far future as well. So we'll have to see how events play out. Um, but this particular event also aimed to present a future vision of expanding bilateral cooperation into advanced future cities and digital infrastructure fields, including in Neom City and possibly others. Um, now, meanwhile, uh, importantly, contracts were signed for various projects, uh, including one known as the Jafura Phase uh, 2. It's a project where Hyundai Engineering and Hyundai ENC will build a natural gas refining plant in the Jafura region, which houses the largest shale gas reserves in the Middle mm. East and is owned by uh, the state oil, uh, state oil company Aramco. Um, there's no official affiliation with myself, just to put it out there. <laughs> I've had those questions before. That's I was going to say, I bet you get it all the time. <laughs> I wish, but uh, no. <laughs> now, uh, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Hughes' uh, office also said the two countries were in the final stages for uh, large-scale defence collaboration across various fields as well, such as air defence, mm -hmm. firepower and weapons. So, again, that cooperation beyond construction into uh, defence and uh, culture as well. He also gave a speech at a, uh, a, uh, King Saud University, where he promised to expand scholarship opportunities for Saudi students wishing to study uh, in Korea. So he's encouraging more nurturing of young talent. Uh, next on his itinerary, he'll be travelling to Qatar for an official state visit uh, on Tuesday. But first, he'll attend the prestigious Future Investment Initiative Forum that's been dubbed the Davos in the Desert as the guest of honour. All right. With that, we turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. DP chief returns. So in the heart of South Korea's political arena, opposition leader Lee Jae-myung has resumed his party duties after returning from a hunger strike. This is meanwhile the ruling people party appointed Korea's first special naturalized citizen and Dr. In Yuan as a chairman of the party's innovation committee. That's right. Uh, so it's pretty much back to work and back to business for uh, Lee Jae-myung. He returned to work after a hospital stay. He had a 24-day hunger strike during which he protested what he saw as numerous government policy failures, and he's still uh, basically saying the same as he went back to work. He called for all cabinet members uh, of the UN administration to resign due to what he called their uh, incompetence and violent behaviour. And he emphasised the DP's role in addressing people's livelihoods and pledged to win next April's general elections. Uh, despite divisions in the party, he also urged unity and prioritizing the people's well-being. And he's uh, currently facing trials for various uh, charges, including election law violations and corruption charges. Will that be a factor in um, the DP's chances of next April's general election? Well, certainly the opposition party will be looking to kind of steer away from that kind of image uh, and scandals that have been uh, plaguing the party and the leader. Uh, now, his return does come as the People Power Party named In Yohan, who is, as you mentioned, a naturalized citizen, also known by his English name, John Linton, as the chief of the party's innovation committee. He is a, he is a, a, physician, a physician at uh, Yonsei University Severance Hospital. I've actually seen him many times while I was going to college, and uh, I almost got a, a checkup by him at one point as well. <laughs> Lots of conflicts of interest this morning. <laughs> yes, but I digress. But uh, anyway, he'll be in charge of uh, reforms uh, to regain voters' trust, especially Especially after that big uh, loss in a by-election that happened in Seoul uh, not so long ago. Now he pledged to pursue social and national unity and a total overhaul of the PPP. <laughs> and he also uh, hinted that may uh, maybe some people in the top brass of the ruling party may have to go in order okay. to get that overhaul done. But we'll have to see uh, what the PPP comes up with. Uh, and what policies and uh, tactics they use to try and get an upper hand for next uh, April's general election. All very high stakes leading up to general elections next year. Things are ever so heated in the political arena, keeping tabs on it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. It to is that time. Yeah. Sorry, it is that time of year when uh, more political bickering happens if uh, not enough was happening already. But uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a good... Uh, it's a good um, popcorn moment, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever said democracy was easy. We'll leave it there for now. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Anex 2023. 
South Korean and foreign defense companies signed over $6 billion in business contracts during the recent Seoul International Aerospace and Defense Exhibition, otherwise known as ADEX. What's the latest, Adam? Excuse me, I was just uh, readjusting my camera there. Just uh, <laughs> took a bit of a hit. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, this uh, marks a significant increase, uh, actually, from the $128 million in deals that were made during the previous event in 2021. So it is being touted as a great success this year's event. Now, ADEX featured 550 companies from 35 countries. It witnessed potential business consultations valued at $29.4 billion, with a, just a fraction of those actually being uh, realized. Now, the exhibition showcased South Korea's advanced military hardware, including the famous KF-21 fighter jet. Uh, the U.S. military sent a B-52H strategic bomber as well to commemorate the uh, 70th anniversary of the South Korea-U.S. alliance with a flyby. Now, this year's ADEX was uh, the largest in scale and participation since its launch in 1996. Uh, and also, interestingly, um, as well as defense officials and uh, top defense chiefs of these uh, defense and weaponry companies, the event also attracted many citizens mm. as well. And it even kind of prompted some concerns of uh, crowd control issues and some safety concerns uh, tied with these large crowds as well, which is kind of a bit uh, not usual for a kind of right. defense exhibition. They don't tend to be that popular amongst the public, but uh, in this t uh, this time around, it certainly was. I mean, there were aerial shows. It's certainly eye-catching, yeah. even if you just look at the images and the video clips. But you're right, it was more popular than ever years before. All right, uh, let's turn our attention to, uh, well, the growth rate projection. This is our fourth keyword of the day. Gloomy outlook. Uh, there was no plot twist. The OECD says Korea's potential growth rate is forecasted to drop to 1.7% next year, following its first ever descent into the 1% range this year. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so uh, yes, we are sounding like broken records at the moment uh, when there is a kind of a glimpse of hope of maybe some light at the end of the tunnel. That tunnel just gets longer as we keep reporting these economic news, unfortunately. Uh, and this does mark the first time that Korea's potential growth rate has dipped below 2% uh, in the OECD's growth projections. Now, the potential growth rate is basically the maximum growth rate that a country can achieve without causing inflation uh, using all production factors such as labor uh, and capital. Now, a potential growth rate in the 1% range signifies that Korea is entering a period of sustained low growth. So sustained low growth being the key word there. So well, just when we thought that there might be hopes of a recovery or a rebound, uh, the OECD, anyway, predicts that uh, it still is uh, a ways to go at the moment. Now, while Korea's potential growth rate continues to fall, the likes of the United States is expected to see its rate rise from 1.8% this year to 1.9% next year. So basically, Korea is not doing so well when comparing to other major uh, economies. Um, next year's 1.7 forecast also will, would be a 10-year low. Now, uh, the analysis uh, suggests that Korea has already entered an economic downturn, given that its real uh, GDP growth rate does not reach its potential growth rate. Now, the OECD predicts that Korea's 
Uh, GDP discrepancy will remain in negative territory from minus 2.9% in 2020 to minus 0.5% in 2024. This means that factors of production such as labour and capital are not being used effectively uh, for economic growth. Korea has often been criticised for being quite an unproductive and inefficiently productive um, country, saying that it, a lot of work hours, but just not much is being done mm. with those work hours. Now, experts believe that a decrease in population due to, uh, due to low birth rates and an aging population, along with a declining productivity, has dragged down the Korea's um, or the country's potential growth rates. Now, Korea has actually never been outpaced by a G7 member nation in the OECD forecast on potential GDP since 2001. But the OECD believes the country is actually on the verge of being overtaken by the likes of uh, well seemingly as uh, countries like canada being very close to overtaking uh, in terms of the gdp and mm. um, growth rate but we'll have to see but even if it isn't overtaken the data isn't certainly as rosy as korea would like all right. And for our final keyword of the day, we knew tensions on the Gaza Strip would uh, turn bloody, but death toll in uh, Gaza rose sharply yesterday. This is our fifth keyword. Rising death toll. So the number of people killed in Gaza amid the Israel-Hamas war has exceeded 5,000. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so we just reported yesterday that was on the brink of exceeding 5,000 and uh, expectedly and unfortunately it has exceeded uh, that grim milestone. Now, health authorities in Gaza says uh, say nearly 15, uh, 5,100, excuse me, people have been killed uh, since the start of the war on October 7th. About 40% of the dead are actually said to be children as well, uh, as, lot, uh, as well as uh, a lot of the elderly being uh, the majority uh, of the casualties. More than 15,000 have been reported to have been injured. Now, there are conflicting reports on the casualties, so uh, do take these numbers with a grain of salt. But um, the numbers, whether there is some discrepancy, uh, there's no difference in the fact that the numbers are grim uh, and that the deaths uh, are rising in this conflict. Now, the health ministry in Gaza also reported that at least uh, 436 Palestinians had died in the past 24 hours, with 182 of them uh, being children. Now, there are no signs of a ceasefire um, just yet. It still is very much much in the uh, heat of the conflict at the moment. But there have been some hostage exchanges. Hamas released two elderly hostages on Monday, bringing the total uh, to four. Their transfer follows the Friday release of two American hostages um, but uh, Israel has continued bombarding Gaza's uh, southern regions. Uh, we'll have to see if any more hostages are released uh, and whether there will be a ceasefire. Uh, Joe Biden is kind of, uh, he has been siding with Israel, but he has also been urging Israel at the same time to kind of delay its kind of ground invasion right, right. Uh, of uh, Hamas and uh, Gaza. We'll have to see if uh, Israel does uh, heed those words, but it does look unlikely, but we'll have to see how it plays out. It all is, we are very much in the midst of this war, so things are ever developing uh, ever so quickly in a short space of time. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.